fart noises fart noises got it <laughs> yeah uh no i was just seeing just you know my first year down as a coach you know was was very interesting but like you said uh like i was saying off offline now on wax i guess it was just that the season's over and you know i feel i feel incomplete not in the sense of being like i'm missing something more like the task is not completed because you know somewhere down the line it just felt like i haven't got the kids to where they need to be or whatever you know i mean whatever they want but it's like that it's probably projecting where i would like them to be and like them to feel and belief you know that there is much more to do and uh, there's this part of me that feels uneasy now about that like damn it Mm. there wasn't enough time enough time to get them to see their potential you know in a weird way and granted like like once again this is just um i don't know i've never never been a coach and i don't know if people feel like this but at the at the end of the day is what they want but it was like man i just i believe in them <laughs> you know what i'm saying in a weird way i believe in them to get them to mm-hmm. to get better you know and and going through it is like you you know you don't know how to say that you don't know how to get that and even at times when i watched them play they weren't that good but it's like i i just have this belief that i that you can get better you know not that there's like that you guys can play better and you guys can beat these teams this is weird, strong belief that I have, you know. And even if the games were like you got blown out, I was like, that's okay. Keep practicing. Let's get better. Keep going. Keep going. And sooner or later, you will you will beat that person, you know. And that whole winner never quits mentality that my dad used to tell me, you know, winner never quits and a quitter never wins. But uh, it was weird. It was weird, man. It was like um, you know, after the season was over, my my friend who's the head coach was like. You know, a day after he's like, ah, I kind of want to go back, and I'm like, nope, I'm good, I'm, I'm, I'm relaxing, right? I'm like, I'm, I'm taking this time off to relax, and then all of a sudden, was the game, the season ended on a Friday. All of a sudden, I'm on a walk on a Tuesday, and I got hit with this feeling of inco- being incomplete, and I'm like, fuck, I didn't finish the task. Hmm. You know, I didn't. I like then all of a sudden I started to miss it, and I'm like, fuck, that's quick. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know even, even now i'm just thinking like okay like letting it come and not stressing over it but like all right what are things i need to get better at and start to pre-plan next year which is crazy next year doesn't even start until like trials only start to september october and i'm already pre-planning like all right how do i get get this these things that where i messed up on better on, on myself you know and then also how do I lead better? You know, I, I maybe I just maybe I just I don't know. Maybe I sound un, you know, maybe I don't sound confident or whatnot. Um, and some of that doubt also brings in focus on getting better and coaching better, because I, I do think hubris can also cause you to fail as well. I think there's always a little bit of doubt to make you a little bit better. Guess the focus. I don't know. Maybe that. Maybe I think wrong for that. I don't know. Whoever's listening, yeah, it's, it might sound like I'm not confident or whatever. And maybe you've heard that, but it just there's a part where it's just like, ah, I can I can do better. Yeah. 
I'm just spilling out random emotions and thoughts right now, I guess. <laughs> it is what I'm capturing, man. This is the true journey, dude. Maybe you got bit yeah. by the coaching bug. You know what I'm saying? Like that thing you're feeling is that selfless, you know, kind of task, you know, people that are put in positions to be in charge of, you know, young people, uh, in, in your case, you know, the coaching situation, the mm-hmm. game of basketball is the, you know, the tool it's the, uh, it's the, it's the activity that draws in. It's the, it's, it's a wonderful activity, you know, where the basketball team and concept, that's when you start to use that activity to really implement, these you know intended or unintended just kind of you know little nuggets of you know wisdom to these kids because you know they're in a they're in a daze they're just there and they're you know living day by day the world is strange at that age you know like we talked about you being there and having the you know uh opportunity and ability to you know reach out to these kids I think, and I've said this before, like when you're thinking about it and you're trying to figure out what's best, I mean, that is in itself already commendable. You know, you want to hope that coaches and people that are in those positions do have that on their mind to a a certain degree. And, you know, you can only hope that the people that are in charge of, you know, those kids for that small amount of time um, Mm. are constantly thinking about how to provide and give a better, you know, experience. You know, because I think at the end of the day, coaching is a lot of commitment and the people that do it almost automatically say to other people, don't do this job. Mm-hmm. But the people that do it are like addicted because there's I think a lot of the element is experiencing something with, you know, the group setting, trying to accomplish yeah. something in its simplest form, especially in sports. It's very simple. You're just you're trying to get out there and win games, you know all the little nuggets and steps, but essentially just try to work together and win. <laughs> and then whatever life, you know, things, analogies that kind of creep into these kids' heads. I mean, you know, you see it all the time in those movies and those documentaries. Like they always have those close-ups. This is only going to make you stronger. Or like, this is only the beginning, you know, like fight through it. You know what I'm saying? Like the coaches know that this is the stuff that they're feeling and they're overwhelmed with. And, the words and guidance right there at that moment or whatever happens echoes through eternity sometimes. And it may just be one thing. It may be like one player, you know, but yeah, if you reach those, man, if you reach that, like, think about that. You could do it in your own mind. I could do it as well. You could probably pinpoint a handful of people and things that happened in the past that you just remember for some reason. And that's a lot to hold on to, especially at that age, you know, like I said, uh, with everything going on. So, Maybe you have the coaching bug, bro. And maybe, 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 man. I mean, I just ready. I, I mean, yeah. The, uh, I, I'm not ready in the sense that I can no plays or anything. I just feel like I, um, like coaching might be similar to therapy or whatever for some for kids. Like, right? Like, not only coaching and guiding people, but you also have to be a therapist to kids. But I mean, I don't even know if I told you about the last game. Right? We were playing against our our old high school. You know, and their your old high school is usually really good at basketball and we were we were we were kind of and at the same time i didn't like i didn't like a uh the, the head coach you know so it was like kind of like a he like i wanted to beat them oh so and so, and so so emotions the, in here the the, the the at the beginning of the game i was just thinking like okay you know the team was better than us so i was like all right well let's just go out there and have fun and you know everyone gives your all 
well, we're in the game, right? And then I was just like, then my mind flipped. It's like, fuck, we're in this. We can win this. Mm. You know, and, you know, we're playing their starters and whatnot. And we're like, okay, we were up at one by one at the half. At one point, we were up by like six in the first half. And I'm just thinking like, we can fucking win this game. So like, we're we're playing our, our starters to, to win the game, right? Because uh, I say that because at the beginning, I was just like, I was asking my friend, the head coach was like, how do you want to go about this? He's like, well, we want to win the game. And I said, okay. And I was thinking like, well, it doesn't change our record. It wouldn't, it wouldn't make us win the the the, the league. We're not the, the bottom of the league because we beat the other teams like handily and they don't have good records. So we're literally like the middle of the league, right? And so it's just like, to me, I was thinking like, we should play everybody. Who cares? Right? But when we started like actually competing, I was like, fuck, we have an opportunity to win and be the team that's like, you know, better or statistically better, you know? Yeah. Um, and then and then like so it was getting down to the last last fourth quarter. The fourth quarter is where they they blew the game out where it's just like mistakes and fouls, right? And it was about a minute and fifty seconds left, right? The head coach calls a timeout on our team. And I and I looked at him like, what do you want to do? It's a minute and fifteen. We're up, they're up by eleven. The start yeah, looks at the starters, she said, What do you guys want to do? You guys want to try to win it out? It's like, yeah, let's win it out. And I was like, okay, blah, blah, blah. And then I then I stopped and said, all right, this is this is our promise. Go out there, give it your all. But if they're up by third, if it if they score and they're up by 13 with a minute left, foul someone and we're getting the rest of the players then. And exactly that happened. They, they got up and it was like foul. Get the other kids in. Because my whole idea is like, we're not gonna sit here and have these kids sit on the bench their last game. Mm-hmm. That's my thought. I'm not. Fu- I'm not fucking doing that. I don't want to do that. Yeah. That that don't sit right with me. You you play all this time. This is the last game. You don't get a chance to play. Fuck that. I'm not doing that. Especially if it doesn't change the the outcome. The league. The big picture. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, I'm not doing that. You know, and, and they did. And I remember one coach. One kid was walking by me. It was just like he looked back, and I was just like kind of down because we couldn't win the game. It was like he looked. He was like, "Thanks, coach." I said, "For what? For getting us all in?" He was like, "Oh man, no problem." And then when the, the starters came out, I gave them all a five and gave them a hug and said, "Thank you for the season." You know, one by one. I mean, that's just I don't know. I just thought that's what you know. I don't know. I might get emotional on material, but that's what you do. And you're just like, "All right, man, it's been." Almost three and a half months with these kids, and has to end this way, you know. And you know, I just for those that stayed, I just wanted to thank them. Told them love them. Thanks for the, the season. Might sound weird. Maybe most people won't do that, you know. Oh, I I think there should be more of that, man. Yeah, I think that's what amateur sports should be until it becomes professional. Like it should be trying to get. I mean, to make the teams already a hurdle in itself. So to get mm-hmm. on, you know, and then to, you know, create opportunities and get minutes, it's very difficult, you know. And But yeah. in that setting, I think, as, you know, coaches and leaders, you're still playing with, you know, delicate people, man. These are still forming people. So if basketball is everything and you have a certain, you know, 
ability or power over them in that regard of, you know, playing time. Like that is a, a yield of responsibility that, you know, and to each coach philosophically, however they want to put it great. You know, I think when it comes down to what you want to choose, I think that any human would be like, that makes sense. It's not, it's not that serious. You know, you should allow the people that already made the team and has been part of it to, you know, get out there, get their feet wet. You know, yeah. I think it I just, means more down the road than anything else. I just, I just think like it just doesn't sit right with me. It doesn't, it doesn't sit right with you. Like you, you do all this stuff to be just sitting on the bench. Now, like you're, now granted, like different situations. If we're in a tournament. We're about to win the tournament. Sorry, we're trying to win the tournament. This is the last game of the season. Mm-hmm. Get these kids in. Let them play. We're not. We're not like as of right now. We're not coming back. We're not coming back from this win. You know, we haven't showed that we can come back from 11. It's like, I'm not doing this to these kids. Some may never, who may never play again. Yeah. You know? I'm just, no. I think that's the coach's dilemma, like, man. You, you know what you I'm gotta, saying? Like, you got to let them, like, in a weird way, it sounds bad. Maybe I sound like I'm blowing smoke at the rest, but you have to let them know that they are valued. You know, like how bad is it to have a lose like a losing season in the league and still not play your last game? When do rotations start to stiffen up? Like you played high school. Oh, uh, so we we uh, last really man, twelfth man, getting really, minutes. It, it is really, he getting it minutes? Really, it, it really depends on like the game, though. I think if you're if your team is leading and blowing out the team, that it loses up or like boom. If you're like close in it or whatever, and it's just like and you might need just a couple of rotations in to to let rest the starters, then you really stiffen it up to maybe depending on your how how deep your squad is, like seven to eight people. Yeah, that already starts that early. Yeah, I mean, like I mean, honestly, we probably at six to seven that really, and there's some here and there just to give a little bit of leeway to, depending on foul trouble, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, you know, like really a seven, let me think about the NBA when they get the championship, a lot of teams have a short eight man rotation, a good team has a nine man rotation and that little difference is huge. When you only have seven people it is tough to win. It is. Because that, you know, you you need, you need a solid eight. And then once you, once you get like the ninth and you're a really good team, that means that like, you can sub out a couple of people here and there. Because, okay, so let's say you have an eight or nine, eight solid rotation that always plays. Then you might throw in people here and there just for foul or whatever, certain circumstances, mm-hmm. you know. But if you, have nine, if you have a nine-man rotation on an NBA team that might hold 12 to 13, that means you're playing 75% of your, your players. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean – Two things. I think that it is necessary to, you know, at the high school level because it's so the NBA is like right at the corner, you mm-hmm. know, at four years from there. So at at the four year mark when high school begins, then I think, you know, I think there is reason for a lot of coaches to try to, you know, prepare the game in the manner that the NBA, and the NBA is the this is what we we're following. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it has to matriculate down to these kids in the high school level. So 
it's the, I don't know if it's the same. Like they're not. Are you guys still doing like old school play? You know, you, we talked about it last time. Well, like, yeah, we, yeah we, do play, we do we do plays. You know, and yeah. really, it's it's and what I try to like say is like this is the play, but also this is the basketball IQ play. Okay, right? this is a play you do, and then if there's a gap in the offense, why don't you go into that gap? Mm-hmm. Meaning that like, all right, you have three three or. Really, if you if you have the ball on, just say you throw it to the wing, and there's three people on that side, there's there's short range of mo- movement there. Mm. The idea is to either get someone to get like two or less people on a side, so you have more range of mobility for a shot, or you know, you like in my opinion, yeah, right? because that allows someone to because we have if you have three people on one side, then now you have another set of three people, so you have now possibly six people on one side of the court. The court. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And that's horrible. Just, that's just yeah. It's like New York. You can't move anywhere, right? I so, think it's oh. difficult because of the the level of talent. Then because there there are hopefuls out there to get to the NBA or at least at the college level, at least right. Mm-hmm. So then, or even to already build their brand in high school. I'm to assume that NIL deals come as early as what 18, 16? Uh, yeah, I don't even know. I got to look into that. But that's a good question, Mike. You know, so you're kind of already in a professional setting, at least uh, social media wise or branding. Yeah, so. if, you, if you're starting your, your own social media branding right now, sure. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I'll tell you right now, if you're on a freshman team, or not you know, if you're on a freshman team as a freshman and not like JV or varsity, you're you're doesn't mean you won't, but you're already behind, you know, say for NIL, See? like, yeah, you know, like as far as basketball. Now, if you're just a personality and you're showing that maybe, you know, you might get roasted for whatever, but. Maybe, you know, yeah. um, but but even like when I think of spacing, right, like if you look at basketball now, a lot of it is five out plays and trying to clear out the middle. Right. What that does, like say say you have a good ball handler or whatever, you would do like a five out. So what that does is clear. you have five people out, which if people are doing man to man and they draw out, which will draw create an easy layup line for someone who's faster and quicker. You'll take out the big man, you know, but even if someone tries to cut in that you can pass it out and hopefully have someone on the wing to shoot a three. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, even if they do a zone five out, sometimes you can just throw the ball around and just hit gaps and shoot the three or whatever, you know? So it's like, it's like by doing that, it creates a hole in the middle, you know? But um, you see a lot of players doing that now too. Um, but like you're talking about talent and spacing is like talent a lot of right now is just like, you know, one of the main things I, I started to pick up or just knowing in general, like, I think you would know this even from playing is just ball movement. If you have it on one side, just swing it to the other side to get the ball for an easier open shot, less people, you know. But. Um, yeah, it just it's it's it's, you know, the coaching part is like difficult because it's like you're, you're you're sitting there. And like you said, this is a very important part of kids and they want to be valued. And some of this could, by not playing, fuck up their confidence. If some don't, they're like, I'll fuck this coach, right? Mm -hmm. When they don't realize that, like, you're not that good at that time. You know what I'm saying? But Mm -hmm. uh, you you do start to tighten up like, hey, you're not producing. Sorry, not sorry. The reality in this world is if you don't produce in whatever it is, if you don't produce, based. you don't make the money. You don't make the money. You know what I'm what saying? What have you done for me lately? Yeah. Ooh, I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. What have you done for me lately? Dun, 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 dun. 
yeah like uh you know like the spacing on stuff or not spacing but the 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 like producing is a thing you know i actually i actually had a parent come up to me and wonder why we didn't play as kid you know after a tournament that we just lost and coach up up in my face and i just thought to myself the asshole side of me is like i'll tell you something to get better Mm. you know i I mean i didn't say that because that's like one one we just lost we just lost in a tournament got second place in a game i'm already heated for that and then you know that's just not supposedly see the this proper is way where, for you as a coach yeah to say things to be things yeah but that's what's tough is because the professional world kind of seeped into this amateur world and i think what mm-hmm. we're seeing is kind of like the the best and worst parts of you know this new kind of new kind of dynamic mm-hmm. you know uh you can be well recognized in a star, um, at least through a social media sense, before you long before you even get into a college situation. And I think at this point, there's so many different avenues for, um, you know, at least the content side, right? But how many mm. people are really doing that? Okay, cool. If it's a small percentage, the question then becomes: At what age? Or if say this, like you said, if I'm a freshman, right, and I only make freshman mm-hmm. squad and I am on JV or varsity, and you said you're already behind, is that a known thing amongst all basketball players at that age that try to become on a team, right? Well, like, are those it, freshman it, NBA hopefuls still at that freshman stage? No, you never know. Like, I mean, yeah, you don't. Like, yes, okay. For yeah, the yeah. most part, for the most part, you are you're behind, right? Because mm-hmm. a lot of the kids that are really good are already kind of like playing JV or varsity, right? How but about a college scholarship? But that doesn't, I mean, you you really don't start to get looked at until probably your sophomore, junior year. You know, your junior year is when you really start to get looked at and then okay. your senior year is where, like, people already know or are starting to already know who you are. But remember, too, there is a guy that before I left to move to Southern California, he used to tell me, check out this guy, Tracy McGrady. Uh, who was Mr. Mr. Unknown at that time. Mm. Right? He 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 was uh they considered him the Michael Jordan that year. He was like, he went from unranked to ranked, you know. And at the same time, too, there's kid, there's people like, and I don't know where he was in high school to be honest, but you still have to look, but like Damon Lillard, right? He went four years at his college before he even got drafted in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Maybe he had his goals and good. I don't know what he was ranked in high school. Mm-hmm. But it, it doesn't say that someone can't do something. It's just usually you're you're as of right now in I want to say the hype culture. If you're not already a certain thing, it, it, you have a you have a long you have a harder way to make come come up. You know, doesn't mean you can't because you can snowball into it. You know, but I mean it's already a small percentage part. of people already in it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So to have like what the big three is doing. It's kind of like, okay, there's at least another outlet on this level. But then there's still, you know, like the, uh, what's that called? Like the uh, the college ranks. And then you have mm-hmm. the junior college ranks. And then you have, um, you know, AAU ball that's in high school. Uh, and that extends probably what to like year five people, right? Can't you be a year five or like a thon maker and be, you know, yeah, 28? Yeah, yeah. You, 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 you can, uh, well, yeah, I forgot, but like you could be, 
you could be like a year five person or whatever. Okay, so um, that take care of what age that, that usually comes from 19. like you're ta- oh, you're talking about like, oh yeah, because like some people go to those uh prep schools or whatever. Prep schools, right? yeah. All of a sudden it's like Simon Grass. I know I, I know I know a couple people who did that, right? It's like, all right, I'm gonna go to a prep school for the extra, you know, the extra year of high school where you're like 25 years old, balling kids up, you know. For an opportunity uh, to get that, you know, that uh, to be part of the NBA, like that is commendable. But I'm also to believe that even getting into college, that's next level stuff. So I think it varies in the goal. So I think the most important stage probably would be that freshman team because mm-hmm. that freshman team is some of you guys may play in college, maybe not a lot, but some, maybe. Yeah. And then like, even like from that, one of y'all might really, a couple of y'all might make the NBA. It's a possibility, but yeah, you guys are I behind. Mean, kid, Let's go. One well, kid, <laughs> well, kid, I think he he uh, he is behind because the physical part hasn't grown yet. He's already like six two, six three. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And um, you know, I was really trying to tell like like I was really trying to convince the head coach like we need to go through him. And what I mean by that is like we run the offense, but we run the offense through him. And let him, because he's good, a good player should be able to make it easy for the rest of the team to he'll create opportunities for the team. Mm. You know? Like, meaning that, like, if you're really good, you can, like, pretty much Jokic, right? You get Jokic the ball, he comes up, he dies with someone. Someone drops off and hits a three, or he takes it off, right? It should be able to be, like, boom, get the ball, throw it, create for someone else. If he goes on top of because he was six three, if he comes on top of the crew for the three, maybe a kid should be cutting down for easy dying pass up pass layup, you know, because he can shoot three, things like that, you know, because he'll draw the defender out, which usually will, you have a big man drawn out, then it'll it'll create like a gap, kind of like the uh, five out, so someone who's maybe shorter can eat at the basket who finishes as good, you know. I need motion offense. That's what I need. You need motion offense. <laughs> I know, like, but, but, but that's what's crazy, say, like, right? It's like which one takes precedence, you know? Like, you, you, like it's like you do the play, but you do the play, if, you do it for your best option that will create other options. Yeah, because so I think that reflects to, the NBA game. That's been that's been yeah. the NBA game since the Jordan days. Like, and that's the that's the whole thing. And granted, like. What I'm saying is, like, it's still a team player, but what you do is you give it to your best player to allow, like, allow this other, you know, other people to create. Mm-hmm. You know, there was, a, there was this situation where we had an open gym, and there was a freshman kid on JV uh, that came down to do the open gym, and we're, like, having our starters and some of the backups. And so he was playing with some of the backups, and they, the starters were winning the whole time, and then, you know, he was playing with the backups, and they, they were down, like, they're going to 11. They're down 0-2. I, I whistled. I said, pause. Hold on. So I think there was a blue team at the time. I said, blue team, come here. They said, hey, who's the best person on your team? They said, he is. He's like, he's on the JV team. None of these fucking guys can guard him. Get him the ball. And I looked at him and said, do a five out. Let him create for you guys. It's that easy. Let him create for you guys. Do a five out because it allows him to get to the lane. And if not, you cut or you run and he'll create for you guys. And sure enough, they ended up beating him. You know, like you get it to someone who makes it so much easier for you. Like, you, I, I'm pretty sure you ever felt like playing with someone who was so good. You're like, dang, I think you said that about Julian. You're like playing with Julian made it easier for you to play. Way easier, man. 
But see, you know? I'm understanding of the role. See, I'm a I'm a fucking, you know, Bill Paxton dude. Or not Bill Paxton. Oh, yeah. John Paxton. I'm John Paxton. I'm BJ Armstrong, bro. I understand their dynamic because that is a real team. Like it's strange to I get it. Like the superstardom is huge and the inflation of hype at that age, it's tough. But in reality, you're like, yo, man, being part of a team is so much more because a lot of that shit never enters the space of the team. You know, when it's space of the team, it's like everybody feels like they could go mano y mano on people, but inherently everybody on the team also knows, yo, this is, you know, let's ride this dude. You know what I'm saying? This is this is the dude. You know, let, let's yeah. get him where he needs to be. So make us look good, make him look good. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. yo, we're we're a team. Let's make this happen. That's that's the team idea. That's the A team. Not everybody's everybody just brings their part. You know, everybody knows collectively who the leader, but deep down, everybody thinks they are. And that's a cool dynamic to have, you know, competition stress that makes, you know, the sharpen iron, sharpen iron or shit. But the reality of it and the NBA reflects this game. So I don't know if it's, you know, coaching going through their, you know, transition. But I mean, I think I'm right there with you, man. It's like that's that's the basis of it. You know, that's just yeah, the way the game's played, you know, play your part, know when and know where to be. Yeah. Hold on, I gotta take this medicine. Oh, uh, you good? You good? You good? You good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. Uh, yeah, you good? Uh, All right. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, you're you're spot on, bro. But I mean, I don't know what that world is, and I could I could respect the old game. I, I mean, get you, it, you know. know you, you know, I mean, not now. You mean I know what it is now, but you know what it was. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, of course. Yeah, like yeah. in in you 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 know, like you said, like I when we moved to Southern California, I was like, all right, I didn't know where I stood. I thought I was good, and I was gonna take everybody's head off. And then like, you know, actually, he just passed away. My my friend Paul Roby. Um, recently and been kind of a out the blue it's uh i remember seeing him and, and my friend alex and i was sitting there like fuck i am not that good <laughs> you know what i'm saying i saw these guys and that was the first time i thought i was like i'm not that good you know it was almost it was almost similar to not not ever thought this but like when we played hoop it up with Julian, there's that one. I think there was one time where he like, I was playing bad and he took over and won the game. And I was like, yeah, he got the juice now. You know what I'm saying? He got the juice. <laughs> he he got the juice now. Oh man, I think it was just it, I'm, it's I'm, really I'm hard even, to harness. I'm not, I'm not even. I'm not even the dude on the team, man. Oh man, but that's the, the juice. But that's the beautiful part of a team, man. It's like to really try to harness the energy. And the kind of continuity it takes to find consistency and a comfortability on the court. And you're talking about this mm -hmm. is nonverbal. I mean, you're verbal, but really it's a feel. If for whatever reason, yeah. the, the energy is combined and you could do some magic on the floor. It becomes some strange flow, as they say. You know, you get into this this rhythmic thing and it's uh it's hard to do and it's an unspoken thing. So I think that, you know, as you engage yourself in group activities you start to seek kind of those same you know attributes out in almost every group sometimes and the dynamics hold true in 
kind of all walks. You know what I'm saying? It's uh, that's why that's just deep, man. Yeah. Well, it's, it's weird. Like it's funny because I'm just reminiscing on some of that stuff. I don't, I don't know if I ever maybe the first hoop it up with 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 Henry, right? And when I when before I moved and I didn't play on the team, I felt like I was the man in basketball. I felt like I was like, I don't fucking care what anybody else said. I moved to Southern California. I was like, I went up to Southern California. I was like, I'm good, but I'm not the man. <laughs> you know, I just knew I was not the man. I just, I was like, where can I, where can I work? Where can I put in? Mm. You know what I'm saying? But that's yeah, when, yeah, at that of- time of, no, that's that in time of life where you kind of come to those conclusions. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's a certain I mean, reality I, that kicks in. Yeah, there's just some people that started to get better, and but then I wasn't like it wasn't that I wasn't good. It was just that they're just better, and I just knew at that time. Like it's funny because some of the kids don't see that. It's just at the time I was like, well, where are you, where can you be effective? And when your time is called, can you be there? You know. And then as as things go, depending on you, like as you as the season goes, and you start to see where you where you stand in the team, then sometimes you become more confident in a certain area. You know. I was always one of those people in the basketball where, where at least in the season, I'll start off slow. I'll get everybody else going. And then by the end of the season, I was, I was like, all right, it's it's game time. You know, I was, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm about to do my own thing, you know. But um, I don't know. But, yeah, it's basketball. It's a, it's a, it's a, this last season was a learning lesson for me, you know. That that passion came out. I cussed at a couple of kids. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, uh, one of the happiest moments was at the end of the season where literally this this kid, this uh, kid hasn't hit a three majority of the season and he just considered our shooter. And it was always like short, oh. like right in the front of the rim, oh. like not like not air ball, but just like just a little bit yeah. more. It's in line, man. And you then, just need a little bit of that. Shit. Yeah. And it's like it was like he hit he hit a three against our, you know, our, our old school and then. Fucking, I, I fucking hit the bench hella hard. I was like, fuck it. I was just so happy. I was like, fuck, finally. Like, it was like one of these things where it was like, I just wanted him to know that he can do that. You know what I'm saying? Experience that. Like, like I wanted him to know, like, you can make a shot. Dude. Yeah. Like, just keep shooting. Just keep I don't know most coaches, I don't know. I don't know if most coaches feel that way or most people. Like, obviously, they get more seasoned and maybe their first year they felt that way. Um, um, But, like, I don't, I don't know if my, my feelings are just isolated or the same. I'm pretty sure there's people that feel the same, but just like it's just the thing I like to see is just that they can believe in themselves and that they can do it, you know? That's the most important thing to me. You know, and obviously I want to win, but it's like I just want them to know that they can do it. I don't I don't really know when we grew up it was ever like that for coaches. I don't know. They never they never expressed that to us. Yeah, you never know. You know what you I'm saying? Know. They never expressed it. It, um, it, it. it always seemed like it was more about them and not about us, you know. But that's probably how I received it. So I have to I have to also give them credit to you. Coaching in those ranks gotta be insane. Middle school, yeah. especially high school, must be wild too, for sure. Especially nowadays, with you know how shit is. Like I could only imagine, like 
you know, dealing with, you know, teenagers for real, that that's a lot of energy. That's a lot of, that's a lot of different things. That's a lot of moving parts. You know what I'm saying? I was, man. It was, it was yeah. But that's the ultimate human hour, experience, yeah, man. man. You, 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 you were there the entire season and yeah. you were in these kids lives and you know, who know, but it would know whatever the future holds, but you were there for a season. That's an experience, man. And that for whatever it is, as you know, time continues, you know, that's, you know, boom. Like, yeah, that, whether this is my only stint or whether this is the beginning of something beautiful, this is, yep. That's the next iteration of, you know, your knowledge passing, man. And it's weird, it's weird too, like in a weird way, right? Like to the friends and families that supported me, it was like, thank you, right? And oftentimes, I think we as people disregard the amount of effort, the amount of work, and the admiration it goes into being a coach. You know, we overlook that stuff. Because, like, for me, I'm like, like, I feel like it's like, you know, maybe I'm, I'm being a little too cocky or whatever, or being, um, my expectation is stupid, but it's like, if, if I was to get... If people were to overlook me and be like, oh, he ain't done. I was like, uh, yeah, I, I did the military. I got a kidney transplant. I dealt with open heart surgery. I did music, I did photography, and I was a coach. You know, to some, it's like, what what does that even mean? It means a lot. <laughs> That's a lot of accomplishments in some in some ways. A lot of things. Some more than other people have done. And at the same time, that might not mean shit to anybody. You know? But it does to me now, for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you did this. Oh yeah, I, I did photography for the king. Oh, I did photography for blah blah blah. Oh, yeah, I did this. Like like you said before, like you said, many things that go as well. Building your 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 uh, avatar, your character, like who this. This dude isn't really good at one thing. He's just good all around. Mm-hmm. He's almost like the LeBron James of human beings. I mean, isn't that the point of the game? I think is to, you know, I'm trying to have this avatar in this world for as long as possible, man. So oh, yeah. acquire I'm, I'm just, all these skills. I, I, don't, I don't know what it means. I mean, maybe I said, you know, I got into photography for one of the things, which I still am editing your photos. I need to get to you. I, I'm just oh, slacking, yeah, brother. No rush, brother. No rush. Um, but I, I used to Art say, takes like, time, the re- man. The reason I got into photography was like, I always wanted people to remember that moment and be like, oh, Marcus was there. Marcus Because I might not be here forever. I'm, we, I, obviously, we're not going to be here for there. No. But your memory can go on for a while. You know what I'm saying? And what you do and how you do it for people. There's not even. I'm not trying to sit there. That's the only reason I do it. But it's like when you realize that it's like when the world's just not about you too. Like you only have a limited time, so be aware of what you do because that sticks to people. You know, it's a ripple effect in certain cases. You know, who knows? Like you said, one kid, one kid, you know, one kid I I, I gave a sweater to because he, he was always at a game, never had a sweater after we practiced. I was like, I can't have you out here. Boom. Being sick, so I was just like, I was like, here's the sweater I don't use. Yeah, exactly. Here, you know, I mean, it. I mean, like it, like I don't use it, so yeah. but it might mean something more to that person. 
you know? See, and you're doing it out of just how you do things. It's the ethos, man. Yeah. That's that's just... the energy. That's the shit that could sway just somebody. Like, you know, that whole idea when they talk about like two two boats or something like that or two planes and they're just off by like a couple degrees. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, mean, I think about that one of those things. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're off by one degree, it's okay. But over time, it makes a big difference, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think those little things yeah. that happen tilt that, you know, and it, and it might not, it might not mean shit. Like there's a lot of things that have gone through my brain out the other that were probably profound as fucking gems. You know what I'm saying? But I'm like, yeah. I'm dumb. So I'm like, uh, sometimes I pay attention, not sure how things materialize. I yeah. Just, I just do well, whatever about, I do. <laughs> sometimes about that creation or that, that connection with someone who's like, oh, you know, it's like you you notice that the when it's a better connection, sometimes you tend you tend to listen more, you know. It is a true. Little bit of admiration, you're like, oh snap, you know. It is, man. You, you tend to be like, oh, this person said that, and you follow it. I mean, it's it's like I think we said this before, where we're like we can say certain things on our podcast and people be like, whatever, you know, before we'll slap the shit out of Chris Rock, if Will Smith said the same thing. People be like, fuck, did you hear what Will Smith said? Deep shit, bro. It's Deep like, shit, bro. Say that for a while, you know? Uh, yeah, that's true. But then it goes back to the beginning. Just give them a uh, take what they give you. I'm like, that's, I can't yeah, be a yeah. resistance well, no more. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, and, and and that's another thing too, right? Like, uh, I was, you know, uh, obviously, you know, um, Valentine's Day passed or whatever, right? And I was just thinking about certain things, and it was like, you know, everybody talks about love, and I was like, and I just started thinking, like, well, if you do everything out of love, freely and givingly, everything should, you know, do it, do you'd be so much happier if you just did all a lot of things out of love in life. And I'm not just talking about, you know, trying to chase someone, but just out of genuine care and giving. You know, and hopefully you're not expecting anything in return. Do everything out of love. The cooking out of love. Photography out of love. You know, with the passion and desire, things will be so much better. You know, ideally, because we do it when you do things out of love, it just feels like just like here. You know, and I'm not sitting there like, oh, hey, it's just like it means nothing for me to give out. A sweater I'm not even using for someone who needs it. That means more. You know what I'm saying? It's out of love, man. I'm I'm yeah. right there with you. Mike Tyson says it best. What is the secret, Mike? It's all about love, man. It's all about love, dude. As much as I don't yeah. even it, I can't even understand it, but at the end of it, it really is. There's nothing else. It sounds crazy, but it is. I was like, when he said that, I was like. Yeah, as much as I try to resist the idea, it's yeah. like you said, if it's baseline and that's just humanity and you could at least feel comfortable in the fact that people stem from this idea and really just kind of hammer that in or program that into us before, you know, like, you know, when you're first in your avatar and you're doing the 360 and you're just changing your, you know, the shape of your body and shit at that stage yeah. is when they should already have like, well, this is your baseline character. Boom. And then from there you add on. <laughs> if we knew that collectively uh or acted as such then it would definitely be a different you know situation but it's it's in the way you say it like earlier whether it was on wax or not it was like yo the energy i give out has to be you know with intent this is no ill will this is purely out of the love and joy and whatever happens happens yeah 
Yeah, man. It, yeah. It just, you know, like it, people just got to be aware in, in, that sometimes energy affects others, you know. Like when you go to a place and someone gives you bad service, sometimes you're like, man, fuck you. All of a sudden, you know. That's some of the truest stuff. I have a story for that offline too. I would love to yeah. do it on wax, but it does pertain to, you know, people of professional. But it's yeah. just a little comment side thing. But anyways, yeah, no, I'm I'm with you though. The love thing, man. Like, um, yeah, I'm not about it, but all things point to just that simple. What do you mean you're not about it? Like, I, I just wanted to get a clarification. It's more like, like uh, it's more from that relationship, you know, standpoint thing. But it's it's okay, more okay, for yeah, my yeah. me saying my you know my spiel. You know, my my character is misogynistic. You know what I'm saying? But it's but, uh, okay. But you're but you're referring to like love and like the relationship, dating, no, in the like, yeah, in that in that part, realm. partnership, yes. yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Love in the uh, other extents of the world, like you said, cooking. Like I always say, that's a secret ingredient. Um, I'm mm. starting to understand that more and more as the micro of everything is, you know, like the attention to detail to me, like when I go down rabbit holes and watch those little you know dioramas or mini cooking or whatever people are doing that are putting so much effort into just such this minuscule thing is the true love is the true passion is the true expression it is why we do live on this earth is to grant yourself the ability to just express this kind of nonverbal action you know whether it's sharing your talent whether it's doing something for somebody else it's just this whole Dude, it's no, it's weird. It's weird you say that because, like, I was thinking about when people talk about things they like. You start to see that their 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 speech starts to speak. It speeds up, right? Sometimes they fumble over words and they go too deep. It's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And then I encourage that because sometimes I hate to say it, but people are very passionate and very that are so you know very like, yeah, you do this and blah blah. blah. It doesn't feel that way. But that's just for me. It doesn't mean that they're not. It just doesn't feel the way when they don't. You don't feel the or hear the excitement. You know, like like exciting something is usually speeding up things, right? It's like this this feeling, you know. So, um, you know, or in igniting a, a fire, and when people just talk about it. So, I'm very passionate about music. I do this, but they're very monotone. It doesn't seem that way, you know. Even if they can be, um, but yeah, it's it's. I, I do agree. It's like. You know, when you start to do it out of out of love and care, and and at the same time, I understand too how you might feel with your ethos on on relationship part is is that that's a different set of love where you're literally open up and vulnerable part of yourself. Because even giving out of love doesn't mean you're so vulnerable. You know, it's like, hey, I can give you do what you do. That's on you. I see what you do. Okay, bye. But when you're when you're opening up and being like, hey, this is this is just like. Other love. This chess box. This chess box is me, mm-hmm. and and it's a seed that needs to be watered with love too. But it's covered up because it hasn't, and for protection. It's a, it maybe maybe it's better. It's a shit. It's a turtle, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a turtle, right? Mm-hmm. The turtle still exists inside the shell. Mm-hmm. You know, but it goes away when when danger is around. And love can be dangerous because that vulnerability, you know. Love is strong, man. That's why the, the positive yeah. shit we talk about it, it has the negative effect too. And it comes by way of relationships because that shit's so intense. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I don't know what the magic is behind it. Not to sound no, you know, uh, GA, but 
like <laughs> it's like you know what I'm saying? Like when you're in the relationship thing, it's like you said, it's it's a hell of vulnerability on both ends. You know, I could agree to that, you know, out of my misogynistic views when I think about the idea of love. There's a prospect and idea out there that exists that there's probably some super powerful, like, you know, when you see a bright light at motherfucking in the middle of the night, like makes your eyes do this. There is probably some version of the human experience that involves you know, copulating and creating that, you know, nirvana and all that, you know, whatever all that shit kind of speaks about as a, you know, like a this mystic thing. Like, Whoa, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, this is going to sound kind of crazy because there, there are, I think, you know, there's different types of love, right? And sometimes I think we, we kind of convolute like love and, and lust to one sometimes. And sometimes we're overly passionate about someone. That's when it becomes very dangerous. You know, right? Because, like you say, you cook out of love, you let it blossom, you let it grow, you you let it like simmer. It's a beautiful thing, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But sometimes the lust part or the other set of love is to hold it down. It's yours. It's like a it's like a possession. There's a it's like a weird part, right? And that is the dangerous type of love where it becomes possessive. It, it comes from the same like, place, I, like, and but it, it just goes it, a dark path. That that I that I, I it can I I don't know. I, I think it could, but I think sometimes we have not figured out a way to honestly separate that. This is why some people go for the people that are not good for them. This is why sometimes women are d- drunk on certain men. You know, like oh snap, you know he, that beat you up, but he loved me. But is it? Mm. That's that's a dangerous one. Like I love, love like, do crazy like, things to people. Like, like Mike, Mike Tyson did say, right? He was like, mm-hmm. I think he was talking about women being like, should be, she should be your peace. Love should mm-hmm. be your peace. Yeah, very not true. Your, not your, <laughs> not the opposite. You know, not war. Not the opposite, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah, like thin line between love and hate. But I, I don't know, man. Love, hate is is very strong. And desire is very strong. <laughs> Love is somewhere in between. You know, like, see, I, I'm right there yeah. with man. I think they want us to war in general. Yeah. And I think that oh, yeah. starts with the way that they I, I think you're more on the line than I kind of agree with you. Like, nah, there it's more harmonious, but everything tells us otherwise. It's like, no, 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 that's the brainwashing. Don't do that. Like, yo, it's all love. Like, let's just give love like the hippie idea i'm like yo man parts of that are shitty but parts of that i'm like yo that it's simple but let's just go there (laughs) well like because the the foundation's kind of uh, you know i'm spitball the foundation's fucked up with what we're taught right because we're taught that you love someone or something that should be get you 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 are entitled to return get something in return in reality you're not entitled to shit and we love someone and that's not the case it's in many cases it should be like hey love you want the best but i gotta go because yes you can be hurt i want you to do well but go you know but what what really gets us is we're one some of us stay around too long when something's hurting and we resent that and get angry and then that becomes love manifests and turns into hate and rage yeah and a lot of that a lot of that also when you're don't know how to deal with it properly when you're younger turns into like that that polar opposite of desires because we were never really learned in my opinion never learned how to just love 
freely, you know. Now it doesn't mean to sit there because, like, some people say, love has, with uh, I forgot, not love has no boundaries, but love, love, right? Like you're, you're, you know, you're supposed to love freely with no, with no um, reciprocation. But it's like no, because after a while, you'll feel used. You know, it's it's just somewhere in between where it's like love you, but I la- gotta let you go, gotta let you leave because you're not reciprocating the things that I need to. Because that's also love, as well, you know. And how to handle that. I, I think a lot of us weren't taught how to handle that properly at a young age, for sure. You know, um, it's a balance, you know. It's a, it's a crazy balance. I do want to talk about one thing as we say oh, yeah, from love. Please, because, please, like, please. Because it's, it's, it's love in cooking. Before we go, I had to text you about this. Of course. Does you in your professional life, does pan work or pottery work or maybe pottery work is the wrong statement but the cookware and the pans it uses that matter as much as to cooking especially at home um because like, i you know like not that we're sponsored by them but i, I was looking at made in mm-hmm. pans for some odd reason because i'm down this weird where i get things that i really not even on that level to cook it is I have this snobby idea of getting good stuff or really quality but not expensive stuff, you know? And I was like, um, maybe get a made-in pan, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's too snobby. I honestly think when it comes to matters of the home, I think like I, I, I think I put in text, like it's just personal taste and it's just style because it's like uh, the knife thing, right? I remember working at a restaurant and um, working with this cat, funny-ass dude. Uh, name is Ken. Who that is? Who let dog yeah. out? Like that's my dude, right? That, yeah. And he, uh, he was a very talented, uh, chef, to me. Like he just the shit he did, and he just had a very funny personality. Um, but he was working with like a just regular knife you buy at like a Safeway, like you know, five ten dollar knife. It comes out the package is super sharp, like white handle, you know, CSF certified or whatever it is. It's just like a this is the standard restaurant uh, knife in most commercial settings. You know, they'll be attached to the board at, you know, like, you know, places where it can't be taken. Like it's at most establishments. It's like a, just a standard five, $10 knife or something. Right. Maybe more now. I don't know. But anyways, he was over here checking out like hard, you know, knife skill stuff with this just regular knife. When meanwhile, there's motherfuckers uh, on the line that got like, you know, a thousand, two thousand dollar knife, like high quality that just don't have the skill set that he had to do like cuts like that. And he was doing it with a, a broad, big ass knife. Like it's like the tang is this big and motherfuckers have like slicers this big. And he was doing knife cuts like with a knife this big using a knife this big i'm like this fool is on some different level shit and that's what even though i was kind of already on that thinking that solidified like a lot of it's in the skill set so when it comes to matters of the home if you have the means to get something sexy the whole point of building your kitchen is i would say right up there top i think we talked about the top three importance of you know, how you outfit your home because it's the functionality, it's food, mm-hmm. but it's almost the most looked up, talked about research part of the home. So when it comes to wares made in from what I understand, industry, you know, heavyweights, the, the who's who of industry support that brand. It's it's made in the U.S. It's 
it's almost a quality step above of commercial grade stuff in my opinion just aesthetically it, it's a great look and they have a lot of different uh available pans of all different types which is very cool and they even yeah. offer knives they have the whole gambit i mean and i like to a la carte everything for me personally I like everything hand-picked um but going sets is amazing. yeah i, I mean whole honestly I, if i did i thought about just getting one pan yeah because I'll, I'll, like, I'll I'll all these other things, but i was like i was like let me just get one pan and it's just like uh because i don't need to even though like you know you, you put me on on um mac knives and there's a part of me that I want to get a Santuco, Santoco knife, or I might be saying it wrong, um, knife just for, one is to give my chef a rest and just, you know, rotate through the different knives, one for cleaning. Get them in the rotation. Thing. You need like, like, like a, bad boys. Like, well, well like, a, like a cleaning and, and rusting issue, you know, like, because mm -hmm. like the Mac knife is very, very, uh, I love it. And I need to get it actually professionally because I feel like I'm still not doing it properly. But um but also, like, I don't, I don't like the fact that the luster goes away, and I got to get polish. You know, I just, I, what, what I rather do is kind of like shoes, right? Sounds weird, but like, one pair of shoes, cool. But if you have like three or four in a rotation, then you make that those other shoes last longer and cleaner over time. You, you know what I'm saying? I do. If that make, if if that makes any sense at all, it's it like, does okay. make sense. And, and, and it kind of weird way, it, it all of them last longer lifespan. You know, uh, and you get like. Even though you spent like just say you spent five hundred dollars on knives or whatever, but then because you did that, it those knives now last you six, seven years, as opposed to maybe a year and a half or yeah. or two years of maxes you use all the time. Makes sense. But yeah, but like for me, I, I'm a person that's like I I in in a very weird way is like I am also I might seem like it, but I'm also weird like uniformity. Like I sometimes like everything to match. And then sometimes I don't, you know, like right now I'm like, oh, do I go for Matt? Because I'm uh, also a loyal, just loyal, a weird loyal person. Like, hey, these are good knives. I represent, I rock with you. I fuck with you. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Or do I get that one other chef knife that just looks more artistic just to sometimes cook, you know? Which doesn't matter. But that's where I put the, the mating because like I'm catching myself when I'm making my steak. I, at first I got the cast iron from my mom that gave me, I think it's a 12 inch one. Which is fucking heavy as fuck, man. Heavy as fuck. So like heavy so work as fuck. It's a so fucking like, kettlebell. <laughs> so yeah, you're like you're trying to hold it up where you're trying to like waft like a Try steak or whatever, dude. Base you're like, like fuck that hurts, right? Right. So you're like, God dang. And then like when I'm trying to move something over with one hand because I don't want to burn something, it's like it's just a whole crazy <laughs> workout. Hot as like, fuck. Hot, hot as fuck. So you're like, okay, I don't want to drop the food and drop everything. Yeah. So I was looking at the uh, I have this other uh pan. But I had one, I don't know if it was properly what it's properly named, but I have one where it had like dissimilar metals. It was like it was like a nonstick. It wasn't really it wasn't made from one whole piece. Yeah. I don't know what it was the like a layer, is. hex light, some other stuff, and all this. Yeah. Yeah. So I had like a, a heat layer and like the, a copper layer ones, like and that. then a thing. Yeah, a copper layer and then another yeah, one, yeah. right? And then I just realized I was like, well, like I start to notice that I maybe mentally, because as I learned more about it, it's like because of two different heating layers or whatever it's not all one it doesn't heat evenly mm -hmm. from my understanding i that's what i i've told so i started cooking on one that's one whole piece of metal which i like because it's like okay so it's i feel like mentally it's going to be all hot the same because it's just one piece mm -hmm. and i feel like i just cook better so i that's why i wanted to get a medium because like it's all one piece of pan as one well, evened out so when it's cooking it's going to be He's gonna be just distributed like easy. I'm just hopefully I'm saying that right. 
I think evenly. I mean, you know more about that. What, what is your thoughts on? I mean, what am I saying is even that right, or is that just made up bullshit? You know what I'm saying no. I think it's it's the way that all these market themselves. You know, I don't really know what the truth is. I could tell you what restaurants use, mm-hmm. and I could, or at least the restaurants that I've been at, uh, or the types of various types of cookware, and you know, a lot of different ones be used, but there are a lot of different ones residential people kind of veer towards. And there's a lot of, you know, semi-grade professional or just very good aesthetic ones or there's a lot of new stuff out. But Made In is one of those that I, I've, I've researched before and I'm like, yo, uh, but I'm an a la carte guy for sure. So I have a lot of different pieces. I got a lot of, you know, like iron, uh, iron cast and, you know, I got a, a walk. You got that all clad one? Of, uh, which one? All clad is pretty much like Made In, but I think more expensive because their name is like bigger. Do I have all clad? No, I got some just regular lodge like uh pans. I got some just regular. I have some. Sh- I don't. I don't have like the greatest pans. I do have some like little French ones. Uh, I forgot the. I got a couple sauce. Is, is is a made in a great pan? Do you? Which one? Is a uh, made in a, a great pan or? Uh, I I like them. I I think they aesthetically look great. I mean, it's more like one of those things. Like I'm choosing a brand that is made in the U.S. Or oh, I like this chef. Oh, these chefs are pretty cool, and yeah. it looks aesthetically nice. It's very basic. I'm utilitarian, so I'm like, yo, that just looks good. Good this good good price. Like I'm like, yo, this is based on what's out there. At least what I think would be considered, you know, like okay, I, I, think, I dig these. I, I think I think you and I follow a similar thing. You know, before we get off, I think you and I follow like. I like silent flex quality stuff, but not high name stuff. Like I told you, like I got a leather bag, right? And I just got this leather bag and it wasn't a Louis, it wasn't a designer bag. It was another company that made a very good quality that did it. You've seen it, right? Person. Yeah. Yeah, And so it's like, it's a really nice bag. And it's like a subtle, like, oh, that's a really nice bag. Where? But even though maybe Maiden is high, it's like, well, it's not. Hex clad where everybody's going right now. That's very popular. Right say, now. Yes, very very popular because Gordon Ramsay, everything Gordon Ramsay's killing it right now with that. Yes, which is yes. cool, you know, but doesn't necessarily equal that you're going to be Gordon Ramsay just because they have a no, pan. Of course not. No. But like, I'm I've always been like that person. It's like, hey, when you see it, you're like, oh, that's yeah, that's a good quality thing, mm-hmm. you know. But it's not like super ridiculously expensive or anything like that, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, that's it's that's why I, like, I want to have yeah. one of those. Uh, that's why I want to have one. I was like, hey, this is, you know. I think it's a great but thing. But before I go, what size pan would you recommend? Because I saw this, like, you have what, 8, 10, and 12, right? Yeah. 8s are nice. 8s. I go 8, 12. Uh, but also, I would look for ones that have lids. Yes, that's why I wanted to look for it too. Yeah, because yeah, not all of them come with a lid, like some tens and they're specialty, like especially saute pans are they're a little more quirky. Um, but you know, you got some of the basic stuff, you know, you got like a Le Crusette, like a Dutch oven, you know, got a Yeah, that's got, a, got some that's cast irons. Yeah, it's like enamel and it's a very good heating conductor, but it it serves also as like a a oven thing. So when you're doing like baked breads, casserole, stuff like that, there is a certain kind of uh, earthen feel to it. But they just have really good marketing as well. But they did corner that market in artistically. It's a very good looking product. It's 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 a high quality. I've had many throughout my my lifetime. Um, It looks like a lot of people that use it, at least my experience, they they look like they 
So it might braise meat and then make a soup or a stew out of a. That's what I've seen. Most people it's do. a versatile piece of cookery, but it's similar to yeah. the cast iron. It's fucking heavy as shit. Sometimes you're like, God oh, damn it. This is, my, but it retains, it's, it's a very good piece in the kitchen, I think. Um, but I mean, like I said, it just depends on who and how people market, but, but yeah, no, we'll cut it. I know you got to go, bro. Thank you, yeah, brother. Yeah. Sky high all day. Um, I love you, brother. Love you too. Maksu cow. Love you too.